1: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: You are listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers.
2: and welcome to our brand new episode of ESL Talk. I'm Faye. And I'm Daniel. We hope you were able to get some great advice on teaching exam prep in last week's episode.
0: Yep. this week, we're going to move on to the tricky topic of teaching young learners.
2: Yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into this topic. And as we know, some teachers like me can find it difficult to teach younger students.
0: Yep. me too, as well. And um, again, we'll be joined by our guest, uh, Karina, who has taught and led a number of training programs for teachers on teaching young learners.
2: Yes, and she also shares her extensive experience of teaching ESL to young learners in both Brazil and Canada.
0: Yeah, so let's get this topic started for today. Uh, Let's share some of our own experiences on teaching young learners. So Faye, um, what experience have you had with teaching young learners so far?
2: My one and only experience teaching young learners happened many years ago when I had just started teaching back in Brazil, and I was asked to sub for an ESL class for preschoolers. Um, I'd been teaching adults for about a year then, and I would often teach 10-hour days, you know, like business English, exam prep, and all that. And you know that for those 90 minute class uh, i was more exhausted than after a full day of teaching adult learners yeah. and that experience made me find this really deep em- admiration for teachers of young learners <laughs> it's I agree. incredible I agree. <laughs> yeah. what about you what, what's your what's your experience been like
0: yeah when i first started teaching i started at the middle school high school level so it was mainly teenagers which was a little bit more manageable
2: mm-hmm. but i
0: did do almost 2 years in an elementary school uh, teaching from like grades three up to grade six, which I guess is like from six to 10 or 11 years old. So it was fun. It was enjoyable. I was still relatively young at that time, so I could Mm -hmm. manage, but I definitely hear you when you say you you did feel exhausted sometimes because the amount of energy needed and the amount of energy that young students have, that's great. But Mm -hmm. I guess for me now, and I guess for you as well, um, adult learners are definitely, um, the area that we enjoy teaching the most.
2: And, and what did you enjoy about working with young learners? We'll talk about the positives first.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think I enjoyed the curiosity, the energy, their enthusiasm. A lot of the time they came to class, they were really excited. Um, I think they really enjoyed the lessons. And we you know, did a lot of, I, try, I always try to make the lessons fun and exciting for students mm-hmm. so that they, they come away with some kind of, um, you know, some kind of positive influence or positive um, note from the lesson. So I'd mm-hmm. always try to do that um and then I also enjoyed as well the fact that I could kind of be creative try new things try to be a little bit more kind of imaginative and more fun uh with them like for example some classes we just go outside and we do stuff on like the solar system or sports or some cultural stuff with food and stuff like that stuff was really fun um Mm -hmm. stuff I couldn't really do with adults what about for you what did you enjoy if you enjoyed anything that
2: is oh definitely I mean I, I can definitely see the upsides in it right like the connection you can form with the with children is really rewarding Um, it's just a lot involved so it's it can be daunting but I really love the fact that like you said like as a teacher the sillier you are the more Mm -hmm. fun you can have with it and the more the students will enjoy it and learn and that's really liberating too because I have more of a goofy personality and I sometimes without learners I'm silly too and I make jokes but it doesn't always um, come across that way and you know you you we're we're more self-conscious in that sense. And I think it was really nice to see their little faces lighting up and how excited they got with like the simplest activities. And I would be like, now we're gonna do this activity and they're like, yay, you know? And it's like, it's the excitement you don't always get from adult learners. Um, So I think that that, those are really enjoyable aspects of it. Now, are there any activities specifically or task types that you tried and and worked really well with your young learners?
0: Yeah, I mean, right now I do teach a couple of young learners, uh, kind Mm -hmm. of 10, 11 years old. And what we do is reading. So we do do a lot of reading activities. And it's not just reading for the sake of reading. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, we look at vocabulary. We look at kind of uh, context. We predict stuff. We try to look at some pictures and we try to guess what's going to happen. So we build fluency that way. Um, So reading always works well. That can work well in the class or um, online, depending on how you deliver it. Um, Dancing that's always popular oh, yeah. students love to get up and move around It doesn't necessarily have to be dancing like a some kind of routine but just getting up moving their bodies um mm-hmm. that's something that they enjoy and it helps them kind of get their energy out as well especially with the little ones and uh, do you get
2: do you join in and and dance with them
0: I mean, I've had to, I'm not, I'm pretty awkward at the best of times. So it's, I mean, it's fine when you're in that environment. It. it doesn't yeah, matter, exactly. They're not yeah. judging you, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've had to in my young years. Um, <laughs> and then songs as well. Songs are good. Um, again, if you can add kind of a, a song to maybe a type of lesson or a theme, then that helps Mm. them to remember things and you can kind of tie that into active learning. So clapping, um, signals, gestures, that kind of thing. It all kind of connects together pretty well. Um, Those are just a few activities that I try along with building kind of, Um, building conversational skills through simple questions, starting off with yes, no questions, and then Mm. going to W questions um, just to build that up as well. So those things work pretty well for me. Um, Mm -hmm. What about for you? What's worked well for you with young learners when you've taught
2: Um them? Well, I was just that one class, but you know, it, it, what this makes me think of is like, there are some of these activities you mentioned that I've tried even with adults um, mm-hmm. and it, it worked, you know, um, every time I would teach the Cambridge prep class, I would teach, there was a, one lesson we did um, that was about health and the body. Mm-hmm. Every time I taught that lesson, I started with head, shoulders, knees, and toes. And I okay. made my students and I never told them what I was doing. I would tell them, okay, now let's do something different. Let's everybody get up. Okay, and let's see how much you know. And I would go like, touch your head. And they would like touch their head and kind of look around awkwardly. Now touch your shoulders, Now mm-hmm. touch your knees. And then I would, I would start to repeat it faster and then I would get into the the, the song
3: uh-huh. so, and
2: I, and they would start dancing without realizing they were dancing to the, you know, and then they, were, <laughs> then they would start, everybody would start laughing. Yep. Um, and that's the kind of thing I find that you can easily do with, with young learners. But, you know, a lot of it are things you can use with your adult learners as well, as long as you are not afraid to be the silly one or look silly or lead by example, your right. students will get into it as well, right?
0: So why do you think some teachers don't enjoy younger, teaching younger students? Why? What do you think are the reasons? Is it like we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier?
2: Yeah, like I said, if you want to make your lessons fun and connect with your students, um, it's naturally going to be very draining. So I think that, that this can be a, a huge factor in it. You get, you're really tired after a class. But I also think it takes a particular set of skills and a personality type that I myself don't have. I like order, predictability. I like a certain element of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that can be hard to maintain with a class of young learners. And actually when I think of all of the uh, the great uh, teachers of young learners that I know, you know, all the coworkers I've had over the years that were sort of the models, um, they have a more easygoing personality. Uh, they're still assertive and they can still be the teacher, but they, they're definitely more easygoing and can go with the flow a bit more in that sense. So that balance is quite hard to have and achieve. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the fact that you're not just teaching a language, you're still educating little humans, right. And dealing with their parents sometimes. So there's a lot yes. involved, right. What do you think, um, can be the challenging aspects of it.
0: Yeah, I think, like you said, parents can be a huge issue. Um, something I've mentioned on previous episodes: dealing with their mm-hmm. expectations, and sometimes it it seems strange, but parents don't really know what they want for their child, mm-hmm. and the child doesn't always want to do what their parents want them to do. So you right. you have to strike a balance there. Um, so that can kind of be a little bit stressful, I think. Um, and then within that as well, you know, I think some teachers they find difficult to pitch sort of material at the level of the student Um, Mm -hmm. and usually with younger students you might be teaching groups two or three students at a time so it can be really tricky to pitch it at that level to make sure that everyone's involved everyone's participating and that they're getting the most out of the lesson so I think those are a couple of challenges to think about Um,
2: yeah and have you had any special training to help you teach young learners
0: Um, I did have, when I was in Korea, I did have some orientation that I did, um, which was mandatory, which was like a two week orientation, kind of a crash course. So Mm -hmm. not really, a lot of it was on the job training, but then once I did my masters and then I did my, um, my teaching license and then my, um, Mm -hmm. my TESOL certificate and then my TESOL diploma, I picked up a lot of really useful strategies, a lot of really useful techniques, um, to help me, um it's really difficult because you can, you can learn a lot of different strategies and techniques, but it depends on who are my students, what setting am I in? How many students do I have? What's their ability level? So, All of those things you have to consider, I think, uh, with young learners. But I would say just, you know, finding what works best for your learners is is the best training that you can Mm -hmm. do. And that just takes time and and experience. Kind of a cliche response, but anyway.
2: No, but but true nonetheless.
0: (laughs) So what are some ways that things can go wrong with young learners? and, And how do you think we can remedy these issues? I know for me, a lot of the time it's been where, you know, some students, they Don't really have the patience to want to go through the first part of the lesson 20 minutes 30 Mm. minutes which is needed they just want to do the fun thing or the game or the activity
1: Um,
0: and then again as i mentioned before parents their expectations and their kind of pressures both on you as a teacher and on this the child can be really difficult um but what do you think what experiences have you had
2: you know i i now i have the perspective of a mother as well and Mm. i i've I I keep thinking of my experiences in different classes. I've been taking my daughter to like music classes now that things are opening up again after the pandemic, but like music classes and sports classes. And it's always in a group setting and parents have to be there too, but, or even at the playground And, and I mean, kids fight you know or or they like they take each other's toys or you know they get on each other's nerves all the time and they don't have the coping mechanisms we have they don't know the social norms that we do Mm -hmm. so I think that that can be a a challenging aspect aspect too as a teacher because you're going to have to deal with uh, all of these behavioral issues as well and intervening and you know all of those things that come on remember we need to share and you know all of those like i said before you're educating them as well and i think that those are definitely things that can go wrong and having that the ability to to intervene and keep be the adult in all of the situations like that i think it
0: just ties into having that patience and that kind of Mm -hmm. you know that calm persona which can be exhausting which is kind of what we refer to initially yeah, so yeah
2: absolutely <laughs> great
0: some really um interesting points that we've raised in so far on the podcast yeah. um we're now going to go to the interview with karina i'm going to hear a little bit more about this topic
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
2: Karina, thanks for joining us again for another episode. You are our first guest to be featured on two different episodes.
3: That's amazing. I feel very honored.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Karina. Yeah, we can't wait to hear all about your strategies for teaching young learners. So you have touched on this, obviously, the first time we had you on as a guest. Um, But tell me, uh, Karina, what are the main reasons why you enjoy teaching young learners? Because for me, it's not something I particularly enjoy. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) <laughs> what, are your, what are your reasons? Why do you enjoy it?
3: I enjoy teaching them because I feel that they're very open. They're open to anything you bring. And they're also very honest about it. Um, so they will say, I like it, or I hate it on your face. And <laughs> you wouldn't really take it personal. Um, as you know, that they're being um, just kids
2: mm-hmm. honest right yes yeah I guess that's one of the things a lot of people why a lot of people can't teach kids like me or, or Daniel <laughs> they're, they're very honest
0: yeah and I yeah. think it's just in terms of the energy amount of energy required mentally <laughs> I just find that sometimes after I've taught a young learner, it might've been a wonderful lesson, but I just find myself very mentally drained. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that is, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
3: Mentally and physically. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, that's true.
3: (laughs) So uh, on
2: that note, (laughs) what should we consider as teachers? What do we need to consider when we're teaching young learners as opposed to older learners?
3: Um, Think about yourself learning a new thing A new language, right? Uh, You bring so many concerns to the class. Um, You have your filter turned Mm -hmm. on. Uh, You don't want to um, feel embarrassed. You don't want to make mistakes in front of other people. Um, You think a lot before participating. And I feel like teaching kids... um, They have that too, but just a little. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're, if you're silly, if you, um, make funny faces, if you provide the students with, a let's say non-intimidating environment, they will go for whatever you bring. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're more open, um, to learning and doing things and trying. They're mm. not afraid to try. They're not afraid of making mistakes. Mm. Um, the younger they are, I'd say. Uh, but of course, that with uh, teenagers, they're more conscious about it. But uh, the young ones, they're just, let's go. They mm. go, uh, they, they buy whatever you're trying to sell.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a very positive way of looking at it. I, I when I asked you the question I was expecting something a little more be careful with this or watch out for that but actually you surprised (laughs) me with that and you made me think wow wow actually maybe maybe there are advantages to teaching young learners (laughs) (laughs) that are that are interesting (laughs) yeah the filter idea is really good yeah yeah
0: so Karina when it comes to actually teaching the students why are you know TPS uh, gestures body language why are these especially important while teaching young learners what's the benefit of this because you know I see that This is something that teachers do a lot and they really stress and emphasize and do very obviously. So why is that?
3: Um, You know, kids are very energetic and they learn things by doing. So they see what you do, they copy what you do and they learn. So it's very important for kids to um, experiment things, right? They learn through their senses. Uh, So touching Um, smelling, speaking, um, let's say physical, jumping. Um, How do you learn how to drive? You have to drive, right? (laughs) You have to do it. So um, using your body at the same time as you um, learn a new word will help you retain better. So if you want to teach them some verbs like jump, jump, you're not going to show them a picture only, right? You can show them a picture, but get them to jump, jump, mm-hmm. jump, jump. And they will record that information mm-hmm. uh, along with their uh, movement, right? And um, and the gestures help also the students understand. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a class and you say, listen, listen to me. And you say, listen, listen to me. Mm-hmm. Then it will help the students Um, who do not know um, that word or that Mm. command to understand what you want. And Mm. that reduces anxiety. Yes. So it helps them feel better and pay attention to what you're doing
0: yeah it reminds me when i worked in an elementary school for two years and it was i would just start one two three and they were all the students would say in a chorus eyes on me so yes <laughs> oh, that's so nice <laughs> yeah you're right though it definitely builds that um, routine and that familiarity right which is mm-hmm. what students need at that age so yeah it's great
2: Yeah. It sounds also like some of those skills can be used for any age, but um, what are some other basic skills that we should practice to be able to teach young learners? What would you say is like, should be in your toolbox?
3: Um, So I'd say body language. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you say something, if it can be followed by a gesture, um, visual input. So as you say it, you have a picture. As you say it, you do it. As you say it, you demonstrate. Like, talk or speak or listen. Now cut, open the book. So you can use pictures and you can use uh, visuals. Mm. And um, make the language simple. Uh, Now you are going to listen to listen and then you play it look, and then you show. So you you have to be able to make the language simple. And as the students are um, used to it already, you can add more, you build on those sentences and they become more complex. Um, So I'd say adjusting the language and adjusting your pace, Bringing things back, be creative, you have to do the same thing in different ways. So when you teach, let's say a vocabulary set like a fruit, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you can do to get them to um, listen, speak and practice and maybe read and write, uh, work with the letters, word formation. And um, so you need at least five or six different tasks, for the same set of words or whatever you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So creativity <laughs> has to be part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you just, just to kind of expand on that a little bit more. What are the types of classes, the topics, what are some really popular, simple sub, uh, subjects that you can teach to children that they really enjoy and they're very receptive to?
3: Um, so, whatever is meaningful to the child, mm-hmm. you can use that. Um, so if you're teaching um, maybe actions, you can use superheroes. So it's always that uh, mm-hmm. what you want to teach, How how is that related to the children's world? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're teaching food, what are the types of food that they eat, that they see at home, um, and of course that you can bring something new as well,
2: mm-hmm. but if you
3: start with things that they are familiar with, that makes it way easier. Mm-hmm. So cartoon characters and favorite types of food and even junk food, <laughs> like mm-hmm. candy and chocolate and, the, and those things, um, mm-hmm. playground, at the playground. So I'd say contextualize. Mm-hmm. So what, what you were teaching, uh, what's the context? What, uh, where is this place? At school, at the playground, mm. in my bedroom, um, having a meal, cooking, mm-hmm. so it's all all the things that the child is able to do and is part of their daily life. Then, it's a total success.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, I really right. like it that that tip of like start with something familiar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be yeah. much more open to learning something new. That's with kids in general, right? It just always give that kind of even with interest. adults
0: i would say as well right. Faye, if you That's have that true. familiarity right from the beginning yeah. it's gonna it's gonna kind of lower the guard i guess and, mm-hmm. and help students feel more familiar so um i guess we've talked about all the positives and all the all the great things karina but <laughs> what are some problems you might face when teaching young learners and and how can we overcome them and there's one word i want to add to this question which is parents so, <laughs> oh, oh my
3: gosh. <laughs> sorry to throw you
0: into the deep end there
3: <laughs> okay. Now, now, as I parent, I try not to be a parent. <laughs> not one of those I'm talking parents. to a teacher, right?
0: Really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> so I'd say that um, in this, I learned with uh, experience, years of teaching. So the problems might be uh, behavior, right? The kid is refusing to do something or they're acting, Um in a way that they're not supposed to in the classroom. So things that you have to consider is that kids are kids. Mm -hmm. Don't expect them to have an adult behavior. They won't. They are not mature Mm -hmm. for that. Okay. Um, If they're behaving in a way that is not appropriate, there's something behind it. And you have to try and find why why are you refusing to participate why are you fighting why are you yelling and uh so you have to be able to connect um there must be a connection between you and the child and Mm -hmm. the child has to trust you so you're able to find out uh, what the problem is and you can ask for the parents help for that Mm -hmm. and one tip is um Work on the expectations, okay? Because sometimes parents have high expectations Mm -hmm. about the language class. My child is not saying anything. Give your child some time, okay? Um, I had a student who was uh, uh, three years old. I remember I was teaching in a regular um, school and he was three years old and he wouldn't say a word in my classes, he never said a word. And I'm like, maybe he doesn't like English. What's going on? Um, and uh, okay, well, um, I'll wait and see. The, the following year, the students started participating. And he surprisingly brought up uh, everything we talked about the previous year. Mm-hmm. So he started singing songs. He started uh, um Telling this, retelling the stories I used to tell uh, in the past, like I would tell in the past year. So give them time. Sometimes it's it's not their time to express mm-hmm. themselves. They need time to digest that new thing, that new information, and, um, and they will do it uh, at their own pace. So respect the child, respect their moments. And the parents need to be aware of that too. So work on the expectations. Of the parents saying that uh, you're teaching the students are uh, for the students to be familiar with the language in a playful way. Um, each child has a different time, um, and they might not like it. Or, mm-hmm. and also, when you uh, a very precious tip <laughs> for talking to parents about behavior. Don't don't bring the negative. Uh, issues at first okay so when you if you need to talk to a parent about uh, some difficult behavior that you're having with the student in class just say uh, I would like to talk to you about your child because um, I feel like in the class uh, sometimes he doesn't participate so I I want to learn more about your child what are the things that you can uh, share uh with me that would help me um connect with your child a bit more and what are the things that he likes what are the things that he doesn't like and then you Mm -hmm. started you know it's not complaining because sometimes the child uh has this behavior with you but it's not only with you it's with every teacher there's something that is going on at home so the parent is tired of having teachers complain about that kid Yeah, And they really want teachers to come and help, to bring some tips. So once you start, connect with the parent so you can learn about the child, so you can work together. I'd say that that has worked wonders with me. I think that's
2: a good point, too, because I think uh, if I were teaching kids and like like when Daniel asked the question, even we tend to be afraid of the parents or we, we want to avoid the parent interactions, mostly because we know it often comes with a lot of baggage and a lot mm-hmm. of demands. But that's a good point. If you come from that side of you actually wanting to don't know more about the child and trying to investigate, you, you might even prevent a lot of that later on.
0: I'm yeah. just getting you, some you, flashbacks, some horror stories now, because there was one situation where I was teaching a, a child and he was maybe eight or nine. He was very bright. His English was very good. And he would ask me certain questions like the spelling or the pronunciation of a word. And I would tell him and he would say, well, well, my mother said that it's this. And I'm like, all right. I was like, well, you you choose what works best for you if you want to do it that way. And then his mother would be sat just off screen, kind of listening and, and responding and kind of directing everything. It was a really uncomfortable uh-huh. situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: so, tough. It's yeah. hard for online teaching for sure because you can't Definitely. really control that environment.
0: Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, I, I think you've, you've raised some really important points, Karina, and communication is, is really key and, and having that positive mindset as well will help you a lot. So let's imagine we're <laughs> starting out teaching young learners and, and children. What would an ideal, what would a really good solid first lesson look like when teaching those young learners?
3: I'd say... Um, like a needs analysis (laughs) very (laughs) formal but start up with um uh, songs to get the students to introduce themselves and to learn um their uh, classmates names work on some personal preferences the students draw or they cut um things that they like and things that so the likes and dislikes i like this i don't like that And Mm -hmm. establishing the rules in the classroom. So a happy face and a sad face. What are the things that we can do here? What are the things that we're not supposed to be doing? When we have a problem, how do we, um, how do we, uh, what do we do? Talk to the teacher. So I'd say first class would be uh, songs and fun stuff for Mm -hmm. kids to get to know each other. Learn names and learn about friends and connect with, oh, uh, he likes uh, Pokemon, me too. So they, oh, so we like the same things and we are afraid of the same animals or uh, I, I'd say personal information, talking about yourself, connecting with others and working on the rules for the classroom. That's, that's, that should be on the first day. Mm-hmm.
0: Solid advice.
2: Um, Just to wrap it up in general, uh, Karina, what advice would you give new teachers who might be starting out teaching young learners?
3: I'd say um, take a step back, observe uh, the kids. um, What is interesting for the students? um, Try to vary your class, okay? So one very active um, task, hands-on, a song, dancing, movement, a game, Uh, And then something uh, Mm -hmm. on the table, uh, like drawing or copying or cutting and pasting. So I'd say vary the activities, Mm -hmm. like active, let's rest a little bit. Let's play a game. Let's do something with uh, some more quiet time. Something um, nice is also to um, incorporate your students' ideas. Mm -hmm. So when they suggest something, try to go with what the students say. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they suggest a game, uh, they feel uh, very proud of uh, participating, mm-hmm. of uh, answering questions. So whenever they come up with something, with an idea, um, try to make a good use of that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and hands-on, hands-on, mm-hmm. um, have lots of energy, be enthusiastic about what you're gonna teach, mm-hmm. and bring an element of surprise. So for kids, when you say, you know what we're going to talk about today, can you guess? Can you guess? Bring it, bring a picture in a box. Can you mm-hmm. guess what's inside this box? Mm-hmm. And then you can do like show a little bit. So raise this interest in your students. Yeah. They love this element That's of a great surprise. Hook.
1: Yeah.
3: And again. If you are not enthusiastic about it, they won't be. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on, on on how much you like that topic. And your, your enthusiasm will co- be contagious. The mm-hmm. students will also like, whoa, depending on your uh, <laughs> facial expressions and body language. Can't go wrong. <laughs> That's great.
2: Well, I've certainly learned a lot from you today, uh, having had pretty much no experience teaching young learners. Um, You've kind of made me want to try because you're so um, excited about it. And you've mentioned a lot of really, really interesting aspects of it and gave really good advice. So thank you for that. And thank you for being with us once again on the podcast. Okay,
3: my pleasure. And whenever you need uh, um, any more tips, just let me know.
0: We'll be sure to reach out, Karina. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Karina. And thank you everyone for listening to our episode today.
2: And remember to subscribe to receive the latest episodes each Wednesday. And you can follow us on Instagram at ESL Talk Podcast, or you can send us an email to ESLtalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Learning with Faye.
0: Or you can find me at at I'm Daniel Teacher. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. Be sure to join us again next week for another new episode of ESL Talk. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more ESL teaching content.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
0: Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.